just lovely to be with you today, and uh, we're on our way here today just thinking it's about 40 years um, that we've been coming backwards and forwards to Basingstoke. You know, once upon a time, Basingstoke was Mecca, it was where we, everything, you know, all roads came to. Um, and of course, now here we are coming to see you again. I mean, I was just realising that some of the people around here, uh, we've been known you for, for that length of time. So it's great to see, after such a long time not seeing people anyway, great to see folks and see some new folks as well. Um, I don't know where the time goes, do you? Like, suddenly it's just accelerated. I've I just been looking at photos the other day of Nestor and me. Uh, it just seems not long ago, it was just Nestor and me. And then I'm looking at this photo of our family now, and I just look like Father Abraham in the midst of this. Like, and I'm going, where did all that come from? You know, it's all about being fruitful and filling the earth, I think, or something like that, really. I actually am already quite a happy man today, because um, thank you, Nancy, is it? Thank you, thank you, Emma, thank you, everybody else. The prophetic word that's come through. My, t- my talk, I felt God's give me today, title, is A God Who Makes All Things New. Isn't that so? In conclusion, I'd like to say <laughs> I feel like isn't that great? Isn't it wonderful that uh, God is actually sort of setting us up and preparing us for what I think is just an encouragement and a reinforcement for us today? Don't need anybody. Don't need to remind ourselves that we live in turbulent times, unsettled times, unpredictable times, actually very difficult times for so so many of us. But I want to just somehow make a declaration today of what we've just sung, which is, you see, um, why do we know that God is faithful? It's because we know him. Because we know him. And because that is who you are, Lord. That is who you are. So our hope, and folks, we so much need to be a people of hope in the midst of hopelessness. It's so easy to get drawn into hopelessness. We are a people of hope because we carry a message of hope from a God of hope. We have hope today, not because we're going to think that something's going to change with the economy or politicians are suddenly going to become righteous or something, you know. Uh, It's not our hope rests because we know who he is. We know what he's like. It's like a little boy who tells his friends, he says, I'm getting a bike, I'm getting a bike, I'm getting a bike. And they say, oh, where are you getting a bike? He says, my dad's getting me a bike. And day by day, week by week, he doesn't appear with his bike. And yet his friends are going like, yeah, you're not getting a bike. How do you, how do you know that you're going to get a bike? He says, no, I know my dad. And I know what he's like. So when he gets his bike, that's it. So I think that's where we're at, folks. We actually, our faith and our confidence today rests not on some external things or some hopes and wishes. We know what he is like. And he is a God, I'd like to declare today, who makes all things new. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read a text from Revelation. But before I do, I want to just go back to, am I on camera, off camera? If I move around, sorry folks who are watching online. Uh, you might get a little bit of my shoulder or something, I don't know. Um, but if we go right back to the beginning, the beginning of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, <laughs> see, God created, and it says the Spirit of God was hovering. He was hovering over emptiness. He was hovering over darkness. And yet he said, and then into that darkness, into that emptiness, he spoke and he created and he made a new creation. 
And throughout Scripture, we read again and again and again that he loves to make things new. <laughs> and we'll come to that in just a minute. But let us read these verses from Revelation, because this is right at the end of the book. If you like the end of the story, he says this in chapter 21. If you follow me, you can do that in chapter 21. Just a few verses. <clears throat> and he says this. This is uh, John's it's his vision, it's his dream, if you like, and it's his, what he sees, and he's writing it out. He says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, it's new, beautifully prepared for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Hallelujah. This is right at the end. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. That's what he's like. This is what he is like. Right at the beginning, he creates and makes new things. Right at the end, he says, and what am I going to do now? I'm going to make all things new. But for many of us, I believe this is a time to take hold of that from God. For Nestor and I, it is definitely a season that we're coming into that is a new season. Uh, obviously, for so many of us, post-COVID, all sorts of things, we're going like, actually, God, you're bringing us into something new. We have um, handed over all responsibility. Some people said, was that hard? You've got to be joking. <laughs> I mean, I was leading church and all sorts and going like, like yeah, we're just about to go into an, an international pandemic who wants to lead a church through this? No, nope. gladly we hand it over. Because <laughs> my season, yeah. So, but we're, in, we're into, that's not the end. That's just the end of one thing, but it's the beginning of something new. So for us, we're exploring. That's fun in itself, isn't it? Another adventure in God. Finding out what it is that he's got for us. <clears throat> one thing I just want to say about this, because it's, I think it might even change our thinking a little bit. He said, he doesn't say, I'm going to make all new things. He says, I'm going to make all things new. Oh, just think about that for a minute. That means he's not saying, scrap all of that. I'm going to now do something else over here that's sort of completely other, because either that didn't work or something. No, he's saying, I'm going to take what is and make it new. Now, take hold of that for a second, because actually, I might change our thinking about heaven for a start, but I think it's important for us right now. God doesn't want to erase you out and go, well, that didn't work. I'll bring somebody new in. He wants to make you new. He wants to make us new. He makes all things new. He makes everything new. So I want to just sort of um, draw this, because... Uh, because this is what he's like. This is, how do I know it? 
Well, I know it, like the little boy knew that he was going to get his bike one day because I know what my dad's like. And I know that he does this. And uh, everything about scripture tells me. So I'm going to talk about God being the one who makes all things new um, and just from slightly different facets and angles. I'm going to use all the R's because he redeems and because he restores and because he renews. There's a load more R's as well. He refreshes and he regenerates and he recommissions and he re all sorts of things. But I want to particularly pick on two or three of these things. So here's my first one. This is why we have hope, folks. Because number one, he turns things around. Okay, That's, this is the redeem bit. He redeems things. He turns things around. You'll remember from the Old Testament, there was perhaps a story, there was a story with Joseph and he said, those things which were meant for evil... I've turned for good. That's what he's like. That's what he's like. He takes something which is meant for Portland or has damaged us or has done something in some way and he turns it for good. How do I know that? Because I know what he's like. It happens over and over again in scripture. There's some key things. There was a place in the Old Testament called Achor. It was called the Valley of Achor. And you know what Achor means? It means trouble. Fancy living there. Do you like to go and plant a church there? Trouble, trouble community church. You know, it's always that bad start, isn't it, really? Actually, I did go to a church not too long ago in Split in Croatia. And I just thought, that's a great name. Community church Split. Off to a really, a really bad start, isn't it? You know, it's like, but uh, I mean, there are some place names you go, mm, I'm not sure I want to say I came from there or have it on my address. This place was called Trouble, because trouble was brought onto Israel. And it was always known in it, known as it. But into that, God speaks prophetically. And do you know what he says? He says twice through Isaiah, and then he says it through Hosea, I think. He says, and the valley of Achor becomes a door of hope. He turns things around. How many of you actually believe that? That God actually turns things around. He takes them from whatever is this, and he turns them. How does he do that? That's because God is God. I have a favourite song from the lockdown, from the last two years. And it's a song with, it's a very high energy. You have to watch it on YouTube. I might even squeeze it in at the end if we get a chance. Okay? It's called Graves to Gardens. And it's a song which is like a declaration that there's nothing... Better than you, Lord. <laughs> Nothing is better than you. Why? Because you turn graves into gardens. You turn mourning into dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. <laughs> That's what you do. That's what God is like. And for some of us, we go, well, I'm in trouble at the moment. That's where I'm living. Well, I want to tell you, the place of trouble can become a door of hope. Not because I've got any answers for you, because I know who he is. I know what he's like. I remember hearing the great evangelist, Reinhard Bonnke, the uh, evangelist for Africa, speaking once about his story. And I don't know if you know the story of it, but he started to have this great ministry in Africa, and the ministry was growing so great that they ordered and built the largest tent ever made by mankind. 
It was a 35, I think, 35,000-seater tent so that he could do these amazing crusades and these amazing missions, you know. And then the day before they were about to launch their first crusade in the tent, a storm came through and wrecked the tent. Now, if you actually invested in that tent, if you were part of the offering that went in for that tent, the tent mission, the tent, you know, you'd be going like, oh, great, you know. But what actually happened was, because the tent had gone, Reinhardt said, we had to move into a stadium. Instead of 35,000 people coming, 100,000 people came. From that moment on, no tent was ever going to do it. And he preached at times, one time it was recorded as the largest crowd ever gathered on earth of over a million people. Couldn't see the back. <laughs> um, and, and like, if you like, what, what started as this was like trouble, <laughs> somehow or another, God has the ability to turn things around. And, <coughs> many of us believe that? I believe it's very important that we see that that's, that's, the, that that's who he is. He turns things around. He redeems them. He makes them right. There's another story. I um, just read this uh, the other day. Uh, one of the recent mass killings that went on in America, there's 21 people were killed in a Walmart in a place called El Paso in Texas. And it was one of those tragedies but the story goes that there was uh, a lady there in the shop that day who was shot and killed. She was an older lady, and uh, she was called Margie, actually. She was called Margie. Um, and her husband was called Brasco. <laughs> now, um, what actually happened was they'd only, not long ago, moved from another part of America to be there. They had no family. They had no real close friends and this guy Brasco was absolutely just devastated his life was devastated he just lost his wife and here he was and they, they people said they watched him sometimes come down to where the flowers were and he just lie there and sometimes he just lie there overnight and they were worried that he would die of a broken heart and what he said to the funeral directors who were Christians he said um, I'm just so desperately lonely and so full of grief. And he said, and I've got no family. Nobody's going to come to the funeral. The funeral directors took it into their own hands and they put something on Facebook. And they just said, can we have some family for this guy? Do you know, 3,000 people turned up to the funeral. He had 900 sets of flowers. He had 10 thousand tributes, if you like, coming from all over the world. And he said <laughs> at this funeral, I have never felt so loved in the world ever. And uh, he said, I just want to say thank you all for being my family here. And so for him, that's where mourning can turn to dancing. You don't lose the mourning, but actually God has the ability to turn things around and to make something come. So that's the good thing. Isn't that good news? He redeems. He redeems us. He actually turns. But there's actually something a little bit more than that I want to say. And that second thing is this. He can make things better. 
He makes them better than they were before. Now, this is a really, this is actually, he doesn't just um, turn us around. He puts us back together. He restores us. He kind of does. So uh, this, I think, is harder for us to actually get into our heads a little bit because in our, possibly our Western thinking particularly, we think here is a something. Here's just, say, a bit of crockery. And the crockery gets broken and we stick it back together again and we think, I don't know what you think, I think that's never the same again. That's never quite as good as it ever was. It's been broken put back together again, it's never quite the same. Let me introduce you to a little bit of thinking that I believe is God's thinking. It's possible, if not, (laughs) that something could be broken, put back together, and be more valuable than when it started. Can we believe that? Um, I've got various kind of illustrations and, 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 and things about it. But um, my mum tells me what's the best thing to say about this. She says, the best and the most edifying programme on television, of which she tells me there's a lot of rubbish. The most edifying programme on television is, somebody might guess? You got there before me. You prophetic lot. The repair shop. And I want to kind of go like, if I had a heading for this, this is God's repair shop. This is like... Broken things that have value, right? But being restored, put back together, and sometimes working better than they did originally. And everybody cries every week. Because it's just, why? Because there's something about restoration that goes on in here. Let me um, show you a quick picture. I'll introduce you to, um, pop him up. This is, this is Bessie. Okay? Now, Bessie, I know personally. Uh, my brother-in-law is an engineer, and he owns Bessie. Okay? Now, Bessie was actually uh, made in 1901 as a steamroller and worked through till about 1950, where Bessie went into disrepair. Uh, when I say disrepair, that's Bessie in the 1960s and 70s, okay? Uh, My brother-in-law, with others, bought Bessie and restored him. Look at that. Some of you might feel a little bit more like that. But actually, that's a restored one. Now, I asked my brother-in-law, I said, uh, how how, how does it work, how does it go and all that? He says, do you know what? Often... These traction engines and so on, they work better after they've been restored than they did before. Whoa, I'm onto a message here. <laughs> and I said, Why is that? And he said, Well, when they were first made, they were just kind of put together in a factory. You know, bolts, rivets, bang, you know, it's a functional kind of thing. It was kind of put together. And then he says, It felt a disrepair. When we did it, when we did it, he said, We lovingly restored it. Oh, what about that? We love it now. Ooh, bolt carefully. Nut, bolt, you know, like lovingly put back together. So in some ways, it actually has greater function, better value after than it did before. 
I think that's an amazing sort of picture and story. I can't go any further without talking about Kintsugi. You probably do know something about this. This, this merits a whole message on its own. But just to touch on to it, because our eldest daughter and her family live in Japan, and there's a whole kind of thinking that goes on here. And it's simply what I said before, which is if, if we think in the West something's broken, and it's kind of um, the, what, what the best we try to do is to not show the joins where it was broken. Okay? To hide them. To hide the damage. I don't know if, hello, are you hearing me here? We try to kind of patch up or make it not look here's what the Japanese think they think in their culture that something which has been broken shows that it's been used shows that it's had a life and so they don't just put it back together trying to hide it they exaggerate the joints and they join it with gold see they join it with gold and it's actually true those that look broken, put them back together again, are worth more than something that's not been broken. Just take that in, folks. <laughs> because some of us feel like, oh boy, I failed. Oh boy, I got damaged. Oh boy, I got, I, kind of, that, I messed up, whatever it was. Do you know, it's possible that God can take you from that, put you back together, and say, there's something about you which is even more valuable. Exhibit A, Peter in the Bible. Peter, if ever there was a guy who he messed up several times, but when he messed up, he, uh, we, today if we were writing about him, he said he crashed, because he crashed badly. And it's such a huge failure. Such an, if I was him, I wouldn't want to show my face again. But somehow out of God's great making all things new, <laughs> Jesus looks at Peter takes him on a walk on the beach, puts his arm around him, and redeems him, restores him, and recommissions him. And he says, and, and do you know what, folks? Did we get a better Peter on the day of Pentecost after that than we had before? Sometimes some people are too unbroken. Sometimes God wants us to be broken so that he can put us back together again in a way that goes like, now I can work with you. Now I can use you. Oh, Lord, help us to see this. Because he is a restoring God. Some of you need to hear it and to know that God's restoring and putting value back onto you. And my third one. I'm done with it, thanks. <laughs> um, my third one. Is, is, this is about renewing. Is that he gives us new beginnings. Simple as that. He just gives us new beginnings. And as we've heard from the prophetic and through what I think even we've sung today and so on, is that he can make all things new. Each day he gives us new mercies. Every day is a new day. He gives us new opportunities. He can give us a new focus. He can give us a new start. He gives new wine. He wants new wineskins. There's something about God. He brought us into a new covenant. He loves to make things new. Do you know what? Anytime anybody comes in with something new, there's always going to be some, some resistance. Because some people prefer the old to the new. 
So can't, don't think this is always going to be easy. You see, new birth is a wonderful thing. That's what we've all experienced. Now, I haven't had personal experience of birth. I have observed it. Okay? <laughs> and I observe that it isn't a painless experience <laughs> to go through birth. Now, I'm not going to say any more than that if it's just we're guys. Honestly, if we could take it for you, we would. But we... <laughs> but... We, we have to show huge honour and respect to you for taking the pain. But you don't get new without some pain. And some go, but I preferred the old. Just when the new covenant was coming in, there was those who were going, oh, no, we like the old. Well, actually, God, when he does new things, there will always be some of that. But just be aware that he is someone who gives us new beginnings. He gives us new starts. I'm so conscious of this at the moment. I'm part of a charity called Welcome Churches. And for all of those people now, there's waves of people. It was prophesied. It was going to happen. It's happening where waves of people are coming to nations like ours, not just ours, like ours, as refugees, asylum seekers, displaced people. I believe there's nothing more Christian than to open our arms and say, we welcome we welcome those who have been displaced for all kinds of different reasons. And, uh, but for some of those, I mean, in our church that we're in now, uh, families just arrived from Ukraine. They're a Ukrainian family. And for them, it's not just rescue. It's about a new beginning. And uh, we need to sort of to see these folks and understand and walk with them and go, this is about a new day. This is about a new beginning. And we want you to have a new beginning. We want to do all that we can to support and help those in the new beginnings. I'm coming to an end. It just feels like this, that um, we, we have hope. We have hope because God is doing a new thing. He's doing something new with you, and he's doing something new with you collectively. He's got to, and he wants to make all things new. That's what he does. That's what he's like. That is who you are. That's what we sing. And my wonderful, wonderful, the confidence that we have in this amazing gospel of ours, that this is the heart of the gospel. At the centre of our faith stands a cross. And that cross was about taking us through pain into a new relationship with God into a new covenant. And we have something new. <clears throat> and what, a, what I believe is, is one of the most, most powerful things here is even at the end of our natural life, there is still a new beginning. <laughs> Death, whereas, where is your sting gone? Because we have a greater hope. And I think when that faces us in one way or another, actually it is the time above all of the times that we go, that's who you are, Lord. You have given us the gift of eternal life with you. I've had so many different things have gone on for Nestor and my our life over the last two years. <clears throat> changes, changes of role, changes of location, health issues, all kinds of things have happened in our life. One of them was, just before Christmas, I lost my dad. He went to be with the Lord. 
he and my mum have been married for 70 years. My dad actually was a man of God, preacher, local preacher for 68 years. And um, he, um, he was a godly, godly man. The lasting memory that I'll have from these last two years was nothing to do with COVID or anything like that. It was at my dad's Thanksgiving service that I was able to speak at, that others were able to take part in. And it was my mum. On the front row, we were singing In Christ Alone. And as we sang In Christ Alone, and we stand about, and as we stand, my my mum's arms lifted in the air because we have a hope. You see, even at the end, there's a new beginning. Even at the end of the book, there's a new beginning. Even at the end of life, there's a new beginning. Because God makes all things new. That's what he does. He can't not do it. That's what he does. And so he's making new things from you and from us. Uh, I believe we have a new beginning today with him, with God. I can say it confidently. Like the little boy about the bike, I can say it so confidently. Why? I can't see your circumstances. I can't work out how it's all going to happen. What I can tell you is, I know what he's like. I know who he is. And that's what he does. I'd love just to finish, if I can, with this song, which is um, a YouTube song. It's, I just, I'm warning you, it's high energy. I mean, like, high energy. And for me, it's just a fantastic declaration of... The God who turns things around, who restores things and makes them better. The God who gives us all a new beginning. Uh, it's actually called Graves to Gardens, but we'll, I think we'll just pick it up some way through. And, uh, and then I'll pray for us at the end of this if I can. Is that right? <laughs>
Actually, it just they finish it and it all kicks off again. It's absolutely fantastic, honestly. It makes you feel slightly sort of old and slightly sedate, maybe. <laughs> but I just love the declaration of that, don't you? I just love the declaration. There's no one like you because of this. Let me just pray, can I? Lord, I thank you today for being with us. I thank you for hearing your voice and your sound of your voice to us today. Lord, we want to embrace in our hearts today the fact that you're a God who wants to make all things new. Lord, I declare over people today that you're going to change and turn around their situations because that's what you do, Lord. Lord, I pray over some folks here today that they would be, uh, be able to understand that, that your restoring work has caused them to be beautifully, lovingly put back together. Lord, that you love them and value them. And Lord, that there's recommissioning to be done because you've got more for them to do. Thank you, Lord, that you give us new beginnings. Lord, today we just say we have absolute and total confidence in all of this because we know what you're like. We know who you are. And Lord, that is your nature. You've declared it. And Lord, as we echo the sound of that song, Lord, you turn these things around. I pray for mourning to be turned into dancing. Lord, I pray for bones to be turned into armies. Lord, for discouragement to be turned into encouragement. Lord, for pruning to turn into fruitfulness. Lord, you're the God who does these things. And I pray over each one of us at this time, and us collectively as your people, that we would know you as the God who makes all things new. Amen. Amen.